We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. In the last segment, George Barno was discussing the new study from the American Culture and Faith Institute called the Worldview Measurement Project. But one of the things that he said in that segment, and if you missed any of it, you can always go back and get it at engagemagazine.net slash podcast. But one of the things he said, Jordan, Mm -hmm. was that we cannot assume that if I go to church, if I read good books, if I listen to Christian music, that I have a biblical worldview. Yeah. Do you think a lot of people have that assumption that just yeah. because I go to church, I have a biblical worldview? Exactly. I mean, because how do we, how do you build a worldview? That's the big question here. And a lot of and my initial response would be, oh, just read the scriptures and read good books. Right, but there's so much, there's, there's yeah, more there's to it. There's more to it. That, that might be square it. one. I think but it is I, but it. because it has to be that has to be the foundation mm-hmm. right that has to be where we start yeah. but we have to go further than that yeah. <laughs> we we have to actually put some work into it so to do this uh, Jordan, you and I are going to be discussing it mm-hmm. but we're also going to be pulling in Jeremy our producer because Jeremy's got some really good ideas here and now here's my <laughs> sometimes anyway. yeah sometimes <laughs> depends if you ask his wife you'll say no but <laughs> my first my initial instinct in how do we develop a solid biblical mm-hmm. worldview and my first go-to is fellowship. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that one of the best ways we develop a biblical worldview is through having multi-generational. Mm-hmm. It needs to be with older people. Uh, it needs to be with younger people. Yeah. And it needs to be with different – so where, where people are on their different uh, places mm-hmm. in their spiritual journey. So mm-hmm. there are different places in sanctification. We need people who are really mature. Mm-hmm. They've read good books. Yeah. They've asked tough questions. We need people who are just coming to this because they're going to have a different set of questions. Mm-hmm. And different, I think, practical even questions of, okay, how does this work out? So to me, having fellowship mm. is one of the the first steps, I guess the second yeah. step. Yeah, to, to I, think that's, I think that's great because, I mean, as I've grown in the past year or so, um, the importance of a, a, a varied, you know, set of perspectives on a matter, the mm-hmm. value of that cannot be understated. So when it comes to sanctification and growing in the word um, – like you said, having all those different perspectives and all the different walks of life come together as our iron sharpens iron, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is, is so valuable. Well, and also I think that – so I think that there's a couple of things here. One, we, especially in the millennial generation, mm-hmm. we need to be very intentional about seeking out discipleship. Yeah. Right? So we need to be going to these older sanctified mm-hmm. Christians um, and saying, hey – I, I want mm-hmm. you to to intentionally teach me, intentionally point my heart to Christ, show me um, how to do these things. But there's another part to it. We need to be discipling people as well. Mm. I think the moment that you leave from spiritual milk and you start actually chewing on the truths of Scripture, mm-hmm. you're ready. You should be discipling other people. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a commandment too. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. But think about why. It's because when you know something, when, when you know you're going to teach something, you're going to study it much, mm-hmm. much more diligently. So I recently went and spoke at a D-Now uh, at Lake Charles, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, three churches were together. Now, I've never done a serious study of the Holy Spirit before. That was the topic mm-hmm. of the D-Now. I had four sermons on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I studied, <laughs> studied the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, but I think when, when we realize we have somebody mm-hmm. that's coming to speak or coming to hear us that we are, have kind of taken a responsibility to mm-hmm. teach. I think that we do read Scripture close, more closely, and I think we do those types of things better. Yeah. Uh, another really great resource I want to bring up is uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. Are you familiar with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. DTS, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So DTS right now, you can go online. Uh, I think it's dts.edu, and you can take free courses 
online. They do not charge you one penny. They they ask for a donation because they're a nonprofit mm-hmm. college. They need they need funds. But uh, right now they have how to read the Bible like a seminary professor. That's the one my wife and I mm-hmm. are actually going through. They have another one on Genesis. They have a study on John. They have a study on Revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, I, I would say the next thing is do some legitimate studying. Right. Yeah. And um, I think. Something that you, because studying and reading and everything, uh, Jeremy's Jeremy, raising Jeremy, his hand. He probably has a question. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, Jeremy, you just look like a third grader. Like, pardon me, teacher, <laughs> Mr. TJ, <laughs> Mr. TJ, I have something to say. No, um, what I was just going to say is, is my alma mater, which is Liberty University. Uh, if you go on iTunes, it's part of iTunes University, and not a lot of people know what iTunes University is. Mm. Uh, it's basically the video lectures that are part of the coursework mm-hmm. for Liberty University and a lot of their... A lot of, well, a lot of other schools as well. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, is a free online mm-hmm. at iTunes University. For example, uh, the class that I actually took on the book of John, mm-hmm. I had to, do, uh, to take the course. The video series, which includes all the slides, is online for free wow. at iTunes University. Wow. That's very cool. So you could take, you know... Uh, high high education classes mm-hmm. absolutely for free through iTunes University. Yeah, and that's actually something that's coming more and more common these days, these online universities. Mm-hmm. You don't get college credit for it, right? but you get to take the actual course. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're just wanting the knowledge from it, and you mm-hmm. don't want, you don't necessarily care about the paper yeah. behind it, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely seek these things out. But, but here's the thing. Let's go back to what George Barna said in the mm-hmm. last segment. You cannot assume that if you go to church or read the right books or do these things uh, that you're going to have a biblical worldview. Part of the reason for that is because you have to be able to take these mm, truths yeah. and apply them to your yeah. life, which is what we here at Engage Magazine try to do. You're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. In the last segment, we had George Barna. If you missed any of that, go to engagemagazine.net slash podcast. In this segment, we're talking about how do we build and mm. how do we apply a biblical worldview. Gentlemen, I think what we've done is we've we've gone through a couple of different things of how we can build a worldview, mm-hmm. right? We said fellowship, we said study, we said be discipled and disciple someone. I think those are all really and Jordan, you started out right it's reading scripture through mm-hmm. prayer. That's I think how we build. How do we apply a biblical worldview? Well application is the key, TJ, yeah. because if the Bible is just a book, if you don't let it apply to your life. Mm-hmm. Now it is the inspired word of God. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm not right, demeaning well, yeah, yeah. what it's saying, but I mean, it's worthless for you to read right. unless the, it changes you. Is it? Unless it washes over you, and that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. As you're reading, it's washing over you. It's changing you. I, I, I've mm-hmm. kind of always viewed the way that we read Scripture, the way that a sponge soaks up water. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you take a sponge and you, you know, you you submerge it into the water, you squeeze it, and then open it up. When you pull that out, it cannot help but drip. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's the way that our lives should be with Scripture. We're so engrossed in the Word of God that when when we walk out in the world, the Scriptures just drip right. from us. They drip yeah. from the words that we speak. They drip from the actions that we do. But when it comes to worldview, we have to say, how does this biblical truth apply to this specific scenario? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to something like, all right, let's take some hot button yeah. issues that, that we're not afraid to talk about on this no. on this program, but <laughs> let's take abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we want a biblical worldview, we have to understand what the truths of Scripture are mm-hmm. concerning life, value of life, and say, how does it apply to 
the issue of abortion. Yeah. So take, for instance, um, the fact that the scriptures say that we are made in the image of God. Now, if that if we just read that and we just kind of, you know, that's something in that book that we've read and we've studied, that really doesn't change anything about what we think. Mm-hmm. But if we take that and we apply it to, say, abortion, which is uh, an obvious application, right. um, that changes everything. It's not. It's no longer an issue you can be neutral on. It's something that you have a specific belief and you have to act on that belief. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it can go to things. It definitely does go to things mm-hmm. that are even a little more nuanced. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know one of the things I love, I love watching movies, mm-hmm. right? My wife just does not care. <laughs> she doesn't want to watch a movie. She's uh-huh. like, I could be, you know, doing laundry. I could be doing stuff around the house. But because of my biblical worldview, mm-hmm. and it goes right back to if people are made in the image of God, there's certain things I will not watch people do. Right. That's good. There are certain yeah. things that I cannot mm-hmm. watch. Um, and, and that is a practical application of a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that even goes back to, because sometimes when we apply, we, we can apply in a wrong way as well. Oh, that's a good point. So that goes back to that fellowship. If you're cut off from fellow Christians who are doing the same thing, um, then you're not going to have that iron sharpens iron relationship, and you might become a warped blade, if you will. Oh, that's a really good illustration. But it's also because if mm-hmm. you say, well, this is a conviction that I have mm-hmm. based on my biblical worldview, yeah. but it's not necessarily an absolute right. conviction, yeah. right? There, there's mm-hmm. some Christian liberty in there, mm-hmm. but we can certainly build a doctrine, yeah. build a worldview based on an abs- what is not an absolute that we believe mm-hmm. to be an absolute. So what about you? What are some practical things that you have that help you build a biblical worldview. We want to hear about that. You can come, you can connect with us on our Facebook, on our Instagram, on our Twitter, and always at engagemagazine.net. If you have ideas for a future program, we'd love to hear that too. You can send us an email at engagefaq at, at afa.net. We'll see you next week.